we are back with the second hour of the WRSU crew. Chris Conus, Troy DiSavino, Dylan McCoy. Um, and guys, you know, as the seasons begin to wrap up, the football seasons, I think there's one thing that, well, especially me and Troy will want to talk about, the NFC least, where a team with an under 500 record has a chance at hosting a playoff game, and the New York Giants at 6-10 and 10, could host a playoff game. It, it can't happen in any other season but the 2020 season. I can't believe I can't believe the Giants and Dallas for that matter and Washington for that matter all have a chance to make the playoffs. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. Troy, you know, you're on the other side of this rivalry, but I think you'll agree if you said either of our teams were going to make the playoffs in the beginning of the season. Well, maybe not. Maybe Dallas, you would have expected it, but I wouldn't have. But after Dak got hurt, you know, it, it's crazy. The NFC East is just ridiculous this season. I, uh, in all honesty, I have not been watching Dallas Cowboy football for the past several weeks just because it's just caused too much. I'm sure most you know, Dallas Cowboy suffering. fans haven't either. I'm sure. Well, it's, it's, it's annoying because now they're like winning a few games and like it's sad that this has been one of those seasons where it, this happens like every couple of years, every few years where there's just an injury and the entire season gets derailed. You saw it in 2015 with Tony Romo getting hurt. Um, you know, and that was a, a really big one for me that I remember just kind of skipping over. And I thought that's what this year was going to be. But then, you know, the NFC, the rest of the NFC East was so bad that the Cowboys were able to kind of stay in the midst of making a playoff run. Um, and, and, but this year has been one of those years I just haven't watched. And they played the Eagles, you know, this weekend. And that's a that is a, one of those two games that I circle on my calendar every year because I just love watching that matchup. But this year I had some other stuff going on. I was kind of out and I didn't, I wasn't home to watch the game. I wasn't that upset about it. I was like, all right, I'll just kind of follow along on my phone. Um, and, you know, they pull off the win. They beat the Eagles, which is great because anytime the Philadelphia Eagles and their fans are miserable, I'm happy. Um, and, you know, I was kind of upset that it's one of those years where that wasn't a game that was highly anticipated for me because that's something I love having a part of. But when, you know, my quarterback's Andy Dalton and we don't really have any hopes for making an actual playoff push, it doesn't really matter too much. Um, but yeah, there's an opportunity that can really make the playoffs. And I think for me as a Cowboys fan, why that is important to me is because I think it'd be really, really funny if the Dallas Cowboys win the division with everything that they're missing. Like even with like, it's like saying like I could beat you up with one arm time tied behind my back. And I think that's kind of what like, you know, if, if this happens, it'd be really funny and, you know, fun for me to see. If it doesn't happen, you know, I'm not, I didn't get my hopes up that they're going to win the, the division after Dak got hurt. So it's okay. But I think it'd just be really funny to say, you know, we're that much better than the Eagles, even without Dak Prescott on our team healthy playing. But, you know, there's a real opportunity for them to make the playoffs. It's the only thing that scares me is the fact that I need to rely on the Eagles to beat Washington, which I know is not going to happen. So I'm, I'm actually okay with seeing Alex Smith lead a team to the playoffs in a crazy comeback season, if that's how it happens. But what a weird year. Like I, like I have not been following along too closely and usually I am like glued to my glued to the couch to watch every single Cowboys game. Um, it's, 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 it is my Sunday, but this year hasn't really been like that just because I've kind of lost hope for the playoffs early on. Um, but you never know. There's still an opportunity. They could sneak in there. I mean, even if they do make I, I it, I find like... it just astonishing. You find what astonishing Chris? <laughs> Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we lose Chris? We started talking about the playoffs. and, and No, because oh, what happened oh. was, Troy, I think you kept talking. I think I talked over you because I didn't hear you for like three seconds, so I thought you were done, and so I started talking. I don't know, summing up with my equipment. I'm, I'm done talking. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, sorry about that. Um, I think it's crazy that um, we could very realistically have a 6-10 and 10 team host a playoff game. Like, I know, I, and I know, I mean, it shouldn't really be surprising at this point. Uh, one, because it's 2020, and two, um, the NFC East has not been a good division in a really long time, but it seems like everyone's having a down year. Um, I don't know. I feel like the system's kind of screwed up where a 6-10 and 10 team can make the playoffs, but in the AFC, a possibly 11-win Colts team could theoretically not make the playoffs. Like, I just, I don't know. Something's not right with that. I'm sorry, and, like, I don't know how to say this, like, without, like, 
like looking like I'm not loyal to my team, but I am. But like a team that was quarterbacked by the Daniel Jones play that I saw this year does not deserve to host a home playoff game. Let's just get that out of the way. The Giants did not play well enough to be in the playoffs this year, let alone be in a playoff game. They had one stretch where they looked like a playoff team and then immediately came crashing back down to earth. And, you know, it's hard because if we do win next week and we get the playoff game, which, I mean, we're probably going to lose, it's probably going to be against the Buccaneers. And I don't like our chances against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But that's going to hurt our draft pick, like, like badly. Like, I'm, we're going to drop, like, 10 spots if we make the playoffs. So it's tough because you want to see your team succeed, but at the same time, like, if you have a high draft pick, there's more of a chance of long-term success. So it's interesting this year because I think like everyone in the NFC East knows their team is like is bad and like making the playoffs is not going to help them get better honestly. Like it, it's great to have a division win obviously and like you can say you're better than all your rival teams, which is awesome. Like if I get to tell Cowboys fans we're better than them for 12 months, it'll make me so happy. But but Dylan, I feel like I'm kind of sitting in the perfect seat because, like, the fact that we're even competing, like, to win this division without Dak Prescott, it's like we're obviously the best team in the division, right? Like, with Dak Prescott, there's no I, I don't, chance we're I not don't winning know. this division. I don't know. I mean, he was playing at a pro. He was playing at MVP levels before he got hurt. There's no way we don't win this sorry division with without with Dak Prescott on our team, right? Like, I mean, am I crazy, Chris? Am I crazy? Dallas no, I don't is think one you're of those teams who defies expectations every year whether they do better than them or way worse than them so they were either going to go 13 and 3 or they were going to go 6 and 10 but i feel like dylan even if we go like 9 and 7 we win this division by like a landslide you, so like you i'm not saying they were gonna... locked up last week if you go exactly like i'm not saying like we were going to be great with dak like there's a lot of big holes you, you but won like, the division this division probably. was so sorry probably. we probably win it by like three games and we'd only be 9 and 7 like i think it would have been like a cakewalk not to say we would have been great, but just because this division is very, very hurting. So what I'm hearing is Giants win, go on a 2007-style run at 6-10, and 10, go to the Super Bowl at like a 10-10 and 10 season record. <laughs> that would be I, incredible. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean... I would be. Dylan... Is, is the Daniel Jones era coming to an end already? I mean, he's been pretty it, bad this year. It's not because I don't think, like, I don't want to take a quarterback in this draft that's not Jalen, uh, I'm sorry, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Like, I do not think highly enough of the other three quarterbacks in this draft to take them. Do you, I, like, make a trade for, like, a guy like Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford or something? That's tough, you know. That's not something he's been bad. Think. Daniel he's Jones has been, been really bad. He has. Like, really bad. I mean, it seems like as the offense goes, he goes because those few games where we had, you know, the the four game winning streak, we had the offensive line playing well. You know, Daniel Jones looked looked good, so it, it's hard. But I don't see him as as the guy in the end. You know, I I maybe saw him that as before in the season, but you know, as he's just he he's he's okay, but he he doesn't see like I don't see signs of him becoming like a a top. NFL quarterback like he's average at best and I think a lot <laughs> of think, people would say below average um, I think Dylan what is really funny to me is it, it, he's been having a really bad season like he's just not playing well no. um to this point Dak Prescott still has the same amount of touchdowns as Daniel Jones and he hasn't played since like week five um and Daniel Jones ju- passed Dak Prescott in passing yards only like three or four games ago um, you guys also I had mean, one, a historically bad defense the first like six weeks of the season, so you had to throw the oh, ball yeah. every down. Oh yeah, oh he was he was slinging it out there. Man. I mean, but, like, when you're down, you got to do it. Listen, but it's the Giants have been down a lot too this year. It's just absolutely, like, absolutely. I mean, Daniel Jones, he's just he had a good game, and it was like, all right, maybe he can do it, and then you kind of just never saw that again from him. Um, I don't know. I it's. To be honest, like this is kind of what I expect. I I don't. I was kind of surprised where he got picked when he was drafted. Um, you know, I don't think he had the best situation to come into. I mean, it's nowhere near like what you ask a guy to step in to take over for the Jets. But I think this is kind of what happens when your quarterback is coming from Duke 
Um, but he just hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. I, you know, it, this you're right because like you're not gonna finish for like a top ten pick, right? I mean, where are they gonna finish? Like top, they're gonna be in like eleventh or something. I think if they lose, they could finish as high as like seventh or eighth in the draft. Okay, I, I believe. I'm not sure though. I can check that. Yeah, it's it's tough. I wouldn't be shocked. Like I think, I think the biggest steal that a team could get this year in the off season, to get a guy like Matthew Stafford, who I think is one of the more undervalued guys in the entire NFL. Like I think he could be a huge piece for a team. I don't think the Giants would necessarily be the best fit for him, but like him playing for a team like Chicago or San Francisco, I think would be really good. I think they'd be really really good. Uh, I don't think I don't know if he'd go to Chicago just because the interdivision rivalry um and he would have to be traded so i don't think that would happen um but yeah daniel jones has been a little disappointing and that's why i'm like kind of happy about even with an awful cowboy season like we are i still think the best team in the division um by a hefty amount and i think we uh we have an awful defense but i think when you we have a quarterback that's good enough like dak prescott i just feel like we are good and this this season it's a hard to watch for me but at this point it's kind of like a win-win like we make the playoffs cool we're the best team you know in the in the division still even without Dak we don't make the playoffs we get a good draft pick like I have not been feeling pain about this Dallas Cowboys team since like week seven so I'm kind of just numb to it at this point so I am I have the drank draft order up thanks to tankathon.com which fantastic name for a website that Chris, has the draft Chris is orders. familiar. He's gone there a lot. I, I'm sure. It's my most visited website uh, in the last three <laughs> He's months. He's got it on his saved, I'm, I'm saved sure. visits. So right now, the Giants have the Very eighth valuable. pick in the NFL draft. If they win next week and make the playoffs, they at best will have the 19th pick. Assu- oh. Assuming that they're oh. the worst. Assuming that they lose in the wild card. If they manage oh, to somehow win that, they get to 25th in the divisional round. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that is like worst case scenario for you guys. I mean, it is, but at the same time, like be, saying that we won the NFC East at six and ten is like that would just be incredible. It, it, like, but there's I know, but then but it's no, like, but it wouldn't all right, get you, you still anything. don't get it any respect get in the first round anyway. Yeah, like I think I'd rather a better pick, and I don't even know. Yeah. Like as a Cowboys fan, do I even want my team to win? Do I want to hire? I don't know. I really don't know at this point. Honestly. Are, are you happy with the coaching? That a quarterback that Dylan, I love Joe Judge. Okay. I yeah. I don't think Ben McAdoo or or uh, uh, oh Pat Shermer, neither of them would have got five wins out of this team. There's no way. There's no way. I do not like Jason I mean, Garrett. Uh, you can have him back. Like, please take him back. Can we do a swap for Mike McCarthy? I mean, honestly. I don't know. He. I hope he call plays better. I don't know if he would though. I don't. I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I remember going for it on like fourth and thirteen in our own ten yard line. A nice fake a punt. A nice fake double yeah. reverse punt. I remember that. Well, too. they they go for a fake punt when it's fourth and a half a yard where they could just run it up the middle. Um, but when it's fourth and thirteen, they do a. Uh, they do a run play or a, a jet sweep. So, I mean, I don't think you're going to get much better play calling, to be honest. So, I think it's a pretty fair swap. Let's just do it. I want the clapper back. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I get that. I Chris, mean, do you want to – I'd love to kind of just – I think the Jets are so fascinating, Chris. I, I think they're the most fascinating story. I, I like, want to just talk – I want to just talk about the storyline for the Jets because they're sending you on an emotional roller coaster. You start the season and it's like Sam Darnold's our guy. Adam Gase needs to go. We're rocking with Sam Darnold. You know, he, yes. we think he's capable. It's the coaching. And then this team slowly wears you down to a point. It's like, all right, we're not good enough with Sam Darnold. Like, we're going to have a high draft pick. It's time for Trevor Lawrence. Let's get Trevor Lawrence. And then the Jets do the Jets thing and they lose the first pick. But it's like, all right. Maybe we'll still get Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars just need to lose, win a game. It's still close, but, like, uh-oh, this is bad. We kind of were like, all right, we're done with Sam Darnold. We want Trevor Lawrence, and now he's being taken away from us because we go out and win a game. And then they win another game, and it's like, all right, Trevor Lawrence, is he's gone. He's done forever. We're never getting him. So now you're in this situation. It's like you've already given up on Sam Darnold. You put your faith that Trevor Lawrence was coming, and now you're going to get neither of those things. I just I can't understand this Jets well, team. Well, here's I just, I, here's 
it's it's painful to watch i am not as upset about that as most jets fans are uh first off there's a huge like wave among jets fans say oh we can keep sam and he'll do well with the new coach no sam darnold in every statistical category and i used to think the same way so i kind of get where they're coming from sam darnold in every statistical category is the worst starter in the nfl <laughs> you put his numbers side to side with dwayne haskins numbers you'll see that they're virtually the same with the caveat being that darnold has played a few more games like, I think he would play better without Adam Gase, but I don't think he'd be good. Like, I think his ceiling is Case Keenum at this point. Wow. That, it, that wasn't the case ceiling. when they drafted wow. him. That is a low, low ceiling. That's like a oh college, basement. Well, because That's like a college basement ceiling, Chris. That's oh my like, gosh. Here's why. you're at the party and the ceiling's here's like a why. foot That's a. That's head. usually a floor. That's a floor. <laughs> That's, That's a not floor. a ceiling. Yeah. A case oh, Keenum ceiling? That's like an oxymoron. Yes. Chris. <laughs> and here's why I say this. Here's why I say this. Maybe Adam Gase it's isn't the problem. Necessarily... That's not good. Well, no, Gase is a problem. No, Gase is bad. Like, he, he would be better without Gase, but he wouldn't be good. Like, here's the problem. In terms of the physical tools, he's got everything he needs to be a very good quarterback. He's got a great arm strength. Um, there have been times where he can throw it and fit it into tight windows. He can improvise. The biggest problem with Sam Darnold, and at this point, he's in the third year of his career, going on and entering his fourth year of his career, um, and it's not a problem that I think he's going to be really capable of fixing, at least not to the extent that he needs to, to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, uh, which is what you'd be having to pay him eventually. Cause he's coming up on the end of his rookie deal soon. Um, he will the, like say Denzel Mims will be wide open on the left side of the field, but Darnold will quickly scramble out of the pocket, roll to his right and throw into triple coverage. Or he'll throw it away. Or he'll have an open man. He'll identify him and then he'll overthrow him. Chris, it's because he sees ghosts. Like, like come on. Yes. It's because he yes. sees ghosts. That should have been it right there. They should have just, like, traded up for Joe Burrow as soon as he said that on national TV. Like, they, they would be in so, a, so much better, uh, so much of a better situation right now. Well, all right, maybe not trade up for Joe Burrow, but you get my idea. Um, that's, that's why I think, you know, Sam Darnold, I'll put it to you this way. No quarterback who has put up his numbers in the third year of starting has ever gone on to do anything long-term as an NFL quarterback. Not a single one. So either Sam Darnold is the greatest statistical aberration in the history of the NFL, and he goes on to be a good top 10 quarterback, or he's a bust. And if you're Joe Douglas and the New York Jets, what would you rather place your future on? Because if you get the quarterback wrong, it doesn't matter what you do with the other stuff. You're going to get fired sooner rather than later. Would you rather bet on Sam Darnold suddenly becoming way better than he's been for you? Or you look at a guy like Justin Fields out of Ohio State, who I think is getting severely disrespected by our fan base. He's not even or, uh, he's not even number two on the Zach block drafts anymore, Justin Fields. Yeah, which Zach and Wilson, part yeah. of that is – Yes, part of that is Zach Wilson, you know, balling out in 2020. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying I'm against drafting Zach Wilson. Honestly, I need to go back and watch more of the tape. I've gone through about uh, five of the six games that Justin Fields has played this year, and I'm going to binge uh, the tape from last year uh, over the next couple of days. I can make a final assessment on him. I like what I see so far. Um, and then I'll get on to Zach Wilson. And Wilson's played well this year. Um but I even if if Wilson is better than Fields, that means Wilson's going to be very good. So I think whether you get Wilson or Fields, I think the Jets have uh, two very intriguing options uh, that can allow you to reset the quarterback situation. Um, I think a GM is going to look at Sam Darnold and think they can fix him. Uh, so I think he does have decent trade value. Let's remember Josh Rosen netted a second and a fifth. Uh, I think the Jets could get something similar for Sam Darnold. Uh, and that'll help you fill all the other holes on your roster. And God knows there are a ton of holes on this roster. But you got to move on from Sam Darnold. You've got to draft Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. And then build the team around him. And I think Joe Douglas has pulled three starters from his first draft in Mekhi Becton, Denzel Mims, and Bryce Hall. Actually, four if you include Brayden Mann, the punter they got in the sixth round. If, you, if you're a GM and you consistently get three or four starters every draft, um, that's a good success rate. 
And if he can continue to draft at that level, I think the New York Jets, with the extra picks they have, are going to be in a very good spot two years from now. So I'm not, I am not hopeless about our team's future at all. I think we've got the right GM. I think we're going to get a much better head coach than Adam Gase uh, this time next year. Um, and I think that the Jets long-term are positioned to have success, even though, you know, losing Trevor Lawrence obviously hurts. So that's where I stand with the New York Jets right now. You should have just had me in the front office that year when Darnold was getting drafted. Cause I would have told the Jets what I told everyone else. Sam Darnold is not good. He has a turnover problem. He doesn't win big games. That was my assessment of him coming out of college. And because of the Jets, they probably wouldn't have listened, and they still would have taken him. And all of this still would have happened. So I haven't liked Sam Darnold since he was at USC. I didn't like his face. I Chris, saw him you know lose this. 40. I just didn't like his face. I know it's biased, and it's obviously one of my favorite teams. But when I saw them lose 45-14 to 14 against ND, and I saw the way he played that day, I said, this is not a guy who's going to translate well. Just like every other USC quarterback since, since, after Carson, since Matt Leinart. None of them have translated to the NFL at all, no matter the hype, no matter anything. The best one since Carson Palmer has been probably Mark Sanchez. And that's that's not a good best to have. That's that's another floor. That's not a ceiling. Chris, I mean yeah. Chris, you just I feel like I feel bad. Like this is just why are you why are you winning games? Like what is wrong with you? Why did you win that first game? I, we haven't it's had a chance we fired to talk since that happened. Here, here's all right. Here's what I'm going to say about the Jets roster as it's currently constructed. It is not a good roster. It has a lot of holes. You know, I think the offensive line it's better, but it, there's you still need guards. You still need a, a long term answer at center. Um, you know, we need an edge rusher. Uh, we need help in the secondary. Um, you know, need better receivers. We need a quarterback, more importantly. Um, but if the New York Jets had a competent uh, football coach this year, they would not be two and 13 right now. They'd probably have won, you know, five games or so. Like they wouldn't be good, but Chris, but they it wouldn't doesn't, be it doesn't historically matter bad. We wouldn't have were, been talking you, about Trevor Lawrence. You were Owen 13. Just finish the yes. season out. Just get Trevor Lawrence. What are you doing? We haven't had yeah. a chance to talk about this since well, the first one. All right. But keep in mind, like you're not going to get like the players to be on board with that. Like, uh, Donald assumes he's it's, playing for his job virtual. right now. So yes, Sam Donald's playing for his job. I'd say he already lost for his it, job. But... I I agree, but you know, a large segment of the uh, fan base is in a state of delusion, and they think that the worst quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL, is suddenly going to be very good, uh, which has never happened before in history. But yeah. I mean, it could be worse. You uh, could have fans thinking your GM is suddenly going to figure it out when he has never figured it out ever. That's what I'm. That's what I'm no, saying. No, this is a good that's GM. what I've been saying. This is a good GM. No, you why? Have why is he a good? We, I will we not tolerate not. any Joe Douglas slander. Joe Douglas no. is. See it. Joe Douglas is a thousand times better than Dave Gettleman. A Here's thousand you times have to better. Under. Sure, but oh, no, I don't. I don't understand the Joe Douglas hype. Like, Dave I don't understand it. If Dave Gettleman doesn't get fired, all right. I'm not well, Troy, you, you don't understand the background here. You're associating Joe Douglas with Adam Gase, right? I'm just associating him with the Jets, Chris. Like, no, but you can't do that. They were 0 13. I'm sorry, that's not a great GM. Because it was his first off season with the team, I don't care. It's you're still over. Here's what the Jets did. Let's go. I don't let's care. Go back like you, you were looking at a no, no, you were no, no, looking no. at an was... 0-16 season in the face. Like you can't get any worse. But that's not his fault. It wasn't his team. I mean, when there was still a lot of moves that happened Jets with him. Fired with him. Mike McCagnan. Normally, all right. Can I get my point in? I think you're on a delay. A Normally. When you fire your GM, you do it at the end of the season, the same time you fired your head coach, right? Right? We all agree with that? Yes. That seems usually, like the logical Usually thing when to do. you fire your GM, you clean house. So, Yes. That's not what the New York Jets did. New York Jets, at the end of 2018, let Todd Bowles go, which I thought was the right move. And they said, we're going to keep Mike McCagnin as the GM. This Mike McCagnin, uh, for the record, almost everyone he's drafted is out of the league. And the few good players he drafted in the first round have since left the Jets for one reason or another. So there's literally like the cupboard was bare. If you can't draft, you're not a good GM. And he basically kept the team somewhat uh, full of some life by, you know, getting a bunch of overpriced free agents. And then that screwed up their cap situation. And you know, the Jets have finally dug themselves out of that. But 
Um, the point is McCagnan, bad GM. So we got that established. But the Jets say we're going to get a new head coach with the same GM. And keep in mind, the GM, the coach doesn't work for the GM. They both answer separately to the owner, which is, I think, they're the only team in the NFL that does that. So keep that in mind. Now, uh, fast forward to August. It was July, August. It was sometime in the summer. Adam Gase has already been hired. Mike McCagnan has drafted the players uh, for that year. All the draft picks were, were screw-ups. Almost all of them were screw-ups, but you know that's another story. Then they decided months after, you know, he spent all this money, he drafted all these bums. Oh, now we're going to fire our GM. And they hired Joe Douglas right before the start of the 2019 season. So Joe Douglas has inherited a mess of a roster with a scrub quarterback with very little help. And in one offseason, he made some smart moves. He didn't, you know, back up the Brinks truck because that's not how you build a winning team in the NFL. And he has drafted like i said four starters with nine picks that's pretty good i i would i would consider that a successful draft and he's a guy who can evaluate talent uh, he finds good value um, I, I think he's a great gm and i think he's going to be the one who's going to engineer the jets uh returning to prominence so i'm very very sold on joe douglas i i, I can't find any good reason to criticize him right now Chris, I just want to ask this. This isn't going to be going after Joe Douglas. This isn't me going after you. I want to ask a couple questions on, on what you just said. Okay, I'm not okay. saying he's a bad general manager. I'm just, okay. my alignment with Good. you is just not, I'm not saying, I, I can see he's not bad, right? I just don't see why, you know, you talk to Jets fans. I don't understand why he's good. Because you said he has four stars. He's a good drafter. Picks, right? Yeah, that's you good. say he has, you say, sure. But it's the Jets. There's a lot of openings of starting positions for the Jets. It's not like well, you yes, got four starters take... for the Chiefs. Like this is a wide it's not open like roster. Wide open but spots. they need it. No, no, but Troy, Troy, you have to understand. But the guys that when are filling have... in for the starting position, they've led this team where they were 0 and 13 at one point. So it's not like these guys are blown away and these guys are. They're some not of the they're not 0 and 13 because of Mackay Becton, Denzel Mims, and Bryce Hall. I'm not they're saying not. they are, but I'm just not saying these no. were like like knock your socks off rookies so it's not like we've seen he's a great drafter i'd say denzel Mims next year is gonna have a thousand yards okay I think he's we'll going see. to be but a we... breakout wide receiver next year listen we'll see but we i think that bryce hall or... is a starting caliber cornerback i think that makai becton is a franchise left tackle so listen that he that got could all be. those picks this in is... the it, that that could be right but for now we're not certain so th that goes I'm back to what I'm saying. Like, that. I mean, the only reason I'm not certain is because we can say they're going to be really good. And this year they've done well with what they've been given. Right. But we still haven't seen that they are going to be to great. I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't feel confident that anyone is going to be great when the team they're playing for is performing at the level the Jets are playing at. And uh, like I said, I want to go back to what I'm saying. I'm not saying Joe Douglas is a bad general manager. I'm just not sold that he's going to be great just because. You know, the fact that you pick, you, you picked four guys who turned out to be starters, you know, that's nice. But keep in mind, it's the Jets. There's a lot of slots open there. And, yes, they could turn out next year to be very good. But what we've seen so far this year is they're capable of being starters and playing at a decent level for a team that is the New York Jets. Not capable of starting that's and not playing their for fault a team that, that they're on the a Kansas team that's Chiefs. bad. Troy, you have to understand. You have to understand. This is a team that prior to Joe Douglas taking over, None of their draft picks from the last six, seven years were still on the roster. Like the last good one was Jamal Adams, and he got traded, as we know, uh, around the start of the season. When you are that bad at drafting for that long of a time, it's virtually guaranteed that your team is going to suck. And there's going to be a ton of holes on the roster. And that's not something that Joe Douglas can be reasonably expected to fix in one offseason. He got a six-year contract, Troy, when they signed him. He was up front with them. He said, look. This team is going to take time to build. We're not going to make the playoffs in year one. We're not going to make the playoffs in year two. Um, and this is going to be – this. I'm starting with one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And we're only in the early stages. I mean, look, if you if we were talking about Sean Marks in 2017 with the Brooklyn Nets, you would have said, oh, how do we know Sean Marks is going to be a very good GM? And I, you can make a case he's the best GM in all sports because look what he's done with the Brooklyn Nets in four years, turning them from – a 20-win team with no draft picks and no future to the team that attracted Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to sign in free agency. 
we're at that stage yeah. with the Jets that we were with the Brooklyn Nets. They're just starting to put the pieces together. But the Jets are not going to get I, Kevin Durant. I don't know who you would compare that to in the NFL and Kyrie Irving to come. Wait, well, hold no, on. I just want to. But the NFL, you build more through the draft. I'm looking at the mock draft right now, and if Joe Douglas drafts this way, I actually like how the Jets are going to look next year. They're not going to be good, but, I mean, these picks all make sense to me. What are the picks? Read it for me. So it's – this is three rounds. They have five picks in the first three rounds. Zach Zach Wilson at two. Sean Wade at 27. He's a cornerback from Ohio State. Like that. Travis Etienne, 34. Oh, I love that. Amon, I drafted him in Madden. I don't know He's if you know who this is, but Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, the wide receiver. Yeah, I know him. He's Equimonius of St. Brown. He's brother played brother. Notre Dame, right? Yeah, Equimonius St. Brown. Yeah. Uh, and Hunter Long, the tight end from what we would call backup college, but Boston College. Okay. Okay. Hold up. I like all of those picks. Like, Hold up. Hold they'll up. still be I bad, just want to go back. But... I just want to go back for a second. Um, Again, Chris. I want to point out, I'm not saying Joe Douglas is a bad general manager. I'm just not saying he's a great general manager. And and the reason I can say that is a great general manager, a great general manager puts together. Listen, there can't, not every general manager can be great. There's only going to be like the top three, four, five are going to be great general managers where you have such a good draft that the guys you draft are making an immediate impact for your team and winning you games. There's few players in the draft that you'll see do those things. But you see with with some. You see with Justin Jefferson this year, who is just coming out and being great. And for that, we didn't really see that this year. The Jets didn't have the player. Yes, they had a good draft with with players who are capable of starting and making an impact for a team. But we didn't see any of those immediate impact players to a point where they are winning games. Mackay Becton is not, absolutely an immediate impact well, player. Chris, Chris, immediate impact, immediate impact to win games. Ball. Immediate impact to win games. Well, they, the, they were 0-13. Okay, but that's not he wasn't winning games. One. You're not going to win a bunch no, of games No, but there are one. some guys. There are some guys who are doing that. That's why I'm saying I don't think Joe Douglas is great. Okay, do any of those guys play with the worst quarterback in the NFL? Chris, it's a, listen, it's a low no standard to compare. It's a, it's a low standard to compare. <laughs> and, yes, Chris, there there are some guys doing that. I mean, you see you see a guy like Chase Young. Like I mean, the guy is playing, he was playing with Dwayne Haskins. Okay, and he's making an immediate okay, impact for his team. Immediate impact but, for his team. I mean, I you see what I'm saying? Expect like them to in the situation that they're in. Like this is a three-year rebuild, and we're just in year one. I know, I know. I'm not saying like the he, Joe Douglas should have drafted enough guys where they are comp- competing for for the the AFC East. I'm just saying I we just haven't seen enough reasonable. yet. Can't say. Yeah. Can't say Joe Douglas is great. Can't say he's awful. Um, I'd say I'd put him, you know, right now he's he's average. Yeah, he hasn't proven himself, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he has not proven himself to be great to a point where Jets fans should be saying, I trust every single thing Joe Douglas does because there are very few people in the NFL in the general manager position who realistically you should be saying that for. Um, and I, well, I, I, mean, I just don't put I'm Joe Douglas in that perfect, category. But I've seen a lot out of him in our first draft – um, you know, he's found value with some guys like, for instance, you know, Bryce Hall drafted in the fifth round. He fell because of injury concerns, but he saw the potential in him. He was able to get a starting corner in the fifth round. He signed a guy off the waiver wire and John Franklin Myers, who has had a solid year, all things considered, relative to where he was picked up uh, as an edge rusher on the Jets defensive line. Um, you know, he got a franchise left tackle and people for I'm not saying you specifically, but people forget a franchise left tackle is second to a franchise quarterback in terms of long-term importance uh, to your offense and to your team. Um, So that alone elevated the play on the offensive line significantly. And, um, and he's an offensive line guy. So another year or two of draft picks, and let's not forget, he got um, those two extra picks out of the Jamal Adams trade, including a first rounder, which no one expected. So I, I think the jets are set up and I think Joe Douglas is set up. Uh, two, three years from now, we're going to be talking about how he completely changed the narrative in Florham Park and made them a competitive football team. Got Ashton Davis, too, in, like, the fourth round, who was, like, starting so before he got hurt. The uh, the NFL experts, if you go to visit NFL.com, they do redrafts of the of regrades of the drafts, you know, every week or, you know, quarterly through the season and halfway. And so they do, you know, grades. 
Um, and this is kind of where I'm where, where I'm expecting for him, and this is very indicative of what how Joe Douglas has done so far. He, the Jets were ranked 13th. They had the 13th best draft this past year. You know, for that reason, you know, I, I think it's fair to say Joe Douglas sits in the middle of the pack. He's 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 proven that he's capable. He hasn't proven he's great. He hasn't shown that he's awful. So I think he sits in the middle of the pack, and that's where I see him. I just I'm hearing a lot of Jets fans like saying Joe Douglas is the savior of of this team. He's going to bring us. He's going to find a way to get us to the glory land. And I just I don't see that. I mean, it's not like he drafted like it's not like he. There's not many guys who are capable of doing that. And Joe Douglas is most certainly not one of those guys who's capable of. After one season, you could say he's going to save the worst team in the all entire NFL. Um, and he had a good draft, but he didn't have like a draft that really is saying, wow, this guy is special. He really knocked this one out of the park where from round one to round seven. I would say he knocked every it out of the guy. park, yes. I mean, he's ranked yes. 13th. Well, no, no, the, you're the, never going to draft was 13th in the league. 13th based on what? Uh, according to the what NFL experts. What metric are you they, using? They, and it, what's that? When did they grade according the picks? To, uh, this one was recently updated like last month. So they, they've been regrading them based off of performance. So they right now they're sitting right, around Send me the 13th link to that because I'm, I'm interested in reading that a bit more. I think 13th is a bit low. Okay, I'll, I'll send it over to Four you. Four starters off of nine picks is a very high hit rate. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Chris, but I also get what Troy's saying. It's four starters on the second worst team in football. Okay, but that's but that's like, going to come with time. I mean, like there's it's not, not his a, fault. My there, point is it's not his fault that the team stinks now. But of there's also not, not no, a lot of, of teams not. where you can pluck a guy out of the fourth round and he's going to be a starter, but the Jets are one of those teams. So the picks are going to look better now because like they, they have more picks playing on the field than probably most teams in the NFL do from the last draft. So it, it like automatically makes them look better because they're playing like they're getting playing time because well, the team is not playing. Good. It's that they've shown promise with the, with the time that they're getting. Like, it's not just a case of, Oh, like these guys are starting our right way. Like Denzel Mims is a guy who can start as a wide receiver in my view on a playoff team. Now, you won't be, like, a number one option, but he's a starting caliber wide receiver for a good team in this league. That's where he projects. Bryce Hall, you could say the same thing. Long term, I see him being one of our starting cornerbacks when we're successful two, three years down the line. Mekhi Becton, like I said, future all-pro left tackle. Uh, I think he's going to be a stud. He's already shown, you know, as a rookie, he's played very well in that left tackle spot. I mean, even got even got a starting punter out of the sixth round, which, I mean... You know, it's not the most important position on the field, but he was able to find value and he got it. So uh, I, I think considering where the team is at in their upward curve on the rebuild, um, I, I wouldn't hold it against him that the team is one of the worst rosters in the NFL. I'll, I'll, I'll say this just to sort of wrap this part up. Mike McCagnan, when he took over for John Edzik, who was another abysmal GM, um, he got the team to a 10 and six record. They did miss the playoffs, but they were 10 and six. Here's how he did it. He did, he was basically the anti Douglas. He got a uh, veteran quarterback who was a short term stopgap in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he gave a lot of money to a bunch of free agents and Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall. Um, he brought back Darrell Revis, brought back Antonio Cromartie. Um, and the team was good for one year. And the next year, a bunch of guys regressed because they were on the wrong side of 30. And the team had a bunch of dead money and a bad football team. They finished four and 12. And that is the opposite of what you want. I would rather they go slow and steady, get a couple good picks here, a couple decent signings there and slowly build a team. And if they're not good for two years, that's fine. But Joe Douglas, by every indication I've gotten has committed to a long-term plan of building through the draft. Uh, emphasizing the offensive and defensive lines. And I think that the New York Jets are finally in the hands of someone who has a right mindset when it comes to building a football team, isn't looking for quick fixes. He's looking to build a culture and build a foundation. And I, I think that when we're looking back on this period in five years, we're going to say this was the start of the revival for the New York Jets. That's how confident I am long-term in Joe Douglas's ability to get it done. Chris, you're talking about like looking for quick fixes. Wouldn't drafting Justin Fields be like the exact definition of like looking for a quick fix? No, no, it isn't because you're not expecting him to take you to the playoffs in year one. 
wouldn't he's it, not going to be like a, lot, a finished product in year one the way Trevor Lawrence would be. He's going to develop be, over the next what? It, it, wouldn't it be great to like learn from the mistakes in the past? Build a build a good core, build a good offensive line, build a good defense. Well, you, you know, can do those things with the other picks. And insert. I know, but. You know, obviously, I think it's going to take more than two drafts to do that. I mean, that's what you're saying, right? It's going to take more than two drafts to build a good core. Two drafts, and then you and insert the quarterback. You get some free agent signings on the side. Yeah, you really want to keep Darnold for another year, though, Troy. Like, uh, I know, but like, I feel like it's just history repeats itself. Worst thing they could do. I feel like we history repeats itself. We're just going to plug another quarterback in. And that science doesn't work. No, but Troy, Troy, if you keep Sam Darnold, say you're Joe Douglas, you put yourself in Joe Douglas's shoes for a minute. If you keep Sam Darnold and he doesn't improve, and by all indications, I don't see him being more than a mediocre bottom half of the NFL starting quarterback. And either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, who you pass on, has a great rookie year. Your seat's going to be a lot warmer than it otherwise would have been. If you draft Justin Fields, he's not a quick fix because you have a ton of holes on your roster and it's going to take you know time to build a good team around him. Um, and he's going to have to do some development on his own. There are things in his game that he needs to improve on, and that's okay. But Justin Fields is like Mekhi Becton. He's a foundational piece that you can then build around, and he'll be on a rookie deal for four years, and uh, a good rookie quarterback contract is the most team-friendly thing in the NFL. It's one of the most valuable things in the NFL. There's a reason why uh, increasingly we're seeing quarterbacks young quarterbacks on rookie deals uh lead teams on playoff runs and lead them to championships and by drafting justin fields you get the most important piece of the new york jets rebuild and that is the franchise quarterback or jack or zach wilson like i said i'm open to drafting mm-hmm. zach wilson i think he has a lot of potential too but the point is you are not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback of their caliber Next year, you don't know if you're going to be in the – you're not – I'll put it to you this way. I don't think they're making the playoffs next year, but I'm pretty confident they won't be drafting number two overall next year. Chris, if, and if Joe Douglas drafts Justin Fields, Chris – What'd you say? If Joe, Douglas, if Joe Douglas drafts Justin Fields, I'm all in on that Joe Douglas is not a good general manager. Like that is – I know what that you, you like agree with me on this. Fields? I want, I want, I want, don't, I want to hear don't settle. Don't settle with your number two pick. How You're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. How is because that he's the, because the gap getting... the gap between him and Trevor Lawrence is big. Don't settle no, with I... your number two pick to draft Justin Fields. He's a good quarterback. He's not settling. But the Jets are very far from being capable of using Justin Fields to his full effect. And Panay you know Sewell what's going to also be an amazing prospect. And if you Chris, what's, we already have a franchise good, tackle. Put him on the it's other side. What's going to happen, Chris, what's going to happen if you draft Justin Fields He's going to get banged up. He's not going to have the pieces they need for him to be competitive. No. And it's going to be the same thing with Sam Darnold. He was a good player, good prospect, got ruined. The but Jets Troy, are not there Troy, yet. He wasn't How often do we... He Here is what you're missing. Here is what you're missing. You don't have to get the players around him with the second overall pick. You can do that with a pick in the late first round. You can do that with your second round pick. You can do that with your third round picks. You can do it with next year's picks. You can do it with a couple free agent signings, provided you don't, you know, blow all your cap space. It's not, you know, you, I mean, you know, you, you can also do, you can trade that number two pick. Build the team. You could trade that number two pick and get like another two first. Decision. Oh man. I, I think Chris, that would be a just... horrible decision because it goes back to, if you keep Sam Darnold, you know, if you give up the second overall pick, there's no guarantee you're going to be in position to draft a, a potential franchise quarterback next year. Because next year, if you get a, if you get the other picks right and you build the team like you talk about, uh, say you get like a journeyman quarterback to compete with Sam Darnold, be it you know Flacco or Fitzpatrick leaves Miami or whatever, um, you'd probably win five six games and you'd be out of the running for a franchise quarterback in the draft next year. You may not get another opportunity to draft a quarterback like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. They're both very good quarterback prospects. They're not as good as Trevor Lawrence, but that says more about Trevor Lawrence than it does about them. In any other draft, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson would be in the debate for number one overall. In any other draft. I think yeah. you guys should just wait until next year. If they don't take one of them. And just take Art. Just take Art. You know? <laughs> I, 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 take, a, take a bunch of O-linemen this year. 
Give give Donald the boot and take Art next year in the sixth round. Uh, you're really like, gonna give up on Vedral like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. He can go back to playing basketball for all I care. <laughs> Chris, I, I there's know. just I think. A, I think... Uh, yeah, I think Sikowski seems like more of a Dallas Cowboys guy, but you know, Sikowski seems more like a like a watching football on Sundays guy, as most quarterbacks in the in college football are. Let me. Let me not. Yes. Most quarterbacks in college football could not play a lick of NFL offense. It, the, the transition oh, no. is so hard. It is. It's the toughest position to scout. It's the toughest position to, to play, like in sports probably. But I don't know. There's like six quarterbacks projected to go in this draft. How many do you guys realistically think are going to be successful in the NFL? I think it's going to be like maybe one, and it might be just Trevor Lawrence. I think – I think two or three. It's not going to be all Lawrence. It's, it's definitely not going to be all. I think. Them. I think two or three. I think definitely Lawrence and either Fields or Wilson. I think it's, one of those two will be a franchise quarterback. I think the other could probably hang around as a starter. Um, I don't think I'm not convinced on Trey Lance. I think Mac Jones and Kyle Trask are going to be you know college quarterbacks who don't really have a lot of success at college, but they don't really do much in the NFL. Um. Unless there's like a total sleeper in like the fourth round who we're not even talking about right now, which could happen. I mean, it happened with Russell Wilson. Um, Dak. But I, I'm not I, – I think that we see two, maybe three quarterbacks long-term have success in this year's draft class. And they're all in the top five. It's, uh, it's one or two max, um, unless there's like a sleeper we're talking about. Of the guys we're talking about – this is what's going to happen. Uh, you know, you might see three or four guys go in the top 15. Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of them. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be good enough to to dig the Jaguars out of where they are. I think the Jaguars have potential to be good in the next coming years. Um, but he's going to take a little time, similar to the Joe Burrow thing. If Justin Fields goes to the Jets, he's not going to pan out. It, the team is not ready for him, like I said. I'm sorry, they're just not ready for him. But if he goes later and someone who is more capable of doing something with him gets him, you know, whether it be a team like Carolina, you know, a team like Denver trading up, I, possibly uh, he could he could pan out. Other than that, I think it's the same. We see the same thing every every year. You see a few quarterbacks, and this is what happened when when Darnold was taken. We saw Darnold, Baker, Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, all those four guys taken in the top like what twelve. Um, Darnold didn't pan out. Baker panned out. You know, we, we, he's been a little up and down, but he's his team's good right now. Josh Allen panned out. Josh Rosen, not so much. You know, it, just because you draft a quarterback high does not mean they're going to work out. I think it has way more to do with whether the team is good enough to work around that guy. And for me, I think this is why we see, like, the same three or four teams at the top of the draft for, like, a, a decade straight. It's because these teams are not ready. And this is why the Browns were so bad for so long, because they just kept drafting quarterbacks expecting them to fix it. And Chris, I can guarantee. Well, no. If if I were still doing no, no. the crew with you it's in not two drafting years, drafting the Chris, quarterback that's the problem. It's missing on the other picks. M- missing on the quarterback. I mean, drafting too, Johnny Manziel is in the first round is a problem. That's a problem. That's when you know yes. you have to like check yourself in. That's a problem. Chris, if we were still doing the crew in two years from now, um, you know, if they take Justin Fields early, I'm very confident we'd be having this conversation. What should the Jets no. do with our number no. three pick in the draft? Because Justin Fields is I don't good, understand. but he's Tra- not I don't understand the Justin out. Fields. Well, no, but he's not going to have to single-handedly because he's we have a general to. manager that knows how to draft and knows how to find well, value. Well, that's, in that's a whole other conversation, Chris, that we don't agree on. Well, I mean, you know what's crazy I'm about very confident draft? in Joe Douglas. You know who has the I'm third pick in the draft? Fields. The 10-5 Miami Dolphins have the third that pick That is crazy. Draft. That's a general manager oh, that knows just... what they're doing. That Brian is a... Flores. That's what are you talking if about? We're talk... Joe Douglas got a Chris, first rounder for a safety. Chris, if like, we're talking about yeah, but value. but but Flores is also winning games. That's that's what I'm talking about. Like, come on, okay, man. but Flores like, inherited a much better team. Uh, I, Miami wasn't great going into this year. They were looked at being finishing top great, bottom but they five. They were worst team in Chris, the NFL. Bad. Chris, Miami was looked at being at finishing bottom five. They were not good. They were not. They were talking about. But they weren't not as bad finishing. as the Jets. Is my point. Even when Chris, the Miami we were, Dolphins were at their lowest point, I still would we have favored them over about, the Jets in both games. Yes, but we were still talking about them finishing bottom five, and now they are going to get the and number three pick because I think it was because their Brian general ma- knew what he was doing. 
listen, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But like at the time, that's what we were saying. And not only is Miami drafted very well, now they have a number three pick because Flores knows what he's doing. He stole that. He 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 went to Houston, stole that, and then also got their head coach fired because how dumb he is. Like that. Where, where if we're talking about that, great general managers, Chris. From, Flores, that's a great well, general Flores manager. Laramie coach, Tunsil, that's so. where they got that. Pick I don't. From. I, I listen. He's oh. doing both. Joe Douglas, start coaching the team. How about it? Then we'll talk about great general managers. How about that? I would not be against that. <laughs> I wonder who the Jets uh, are going to hire, though. That's an interesting conversation. Urban I mean, we only Meyer. No, no, that will not work. He is Jim a Jim coming over. You're going to get a. You're going to get a coach example. that belongs in college, and he's going to show it and be fired within two years because that's just Chris, the way. Chris, Jason Garrett is going to be leaving a Giants practice, and he's going to yes. accidentally end up in the, in the yes. Jets locker room, and they're just going to be like, no, 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 taking over. That's why we practice. He's going to have no idea how it happens. Troy. Give Jason Garrett to the Jets. Make the Jets great no. again. I do not want to be Jason, clapped all the way Jason to Garrett is going to show up on the wrong day. He's going to show up when the Jets no. are home no, and no, the Giants no. are away. so many double reverses. Oh, my goodness. I will drive to Florham Park and padlock the doors to keep Chris Herndon is going to run reverses for you guys or end around. You want my you want my lock of the week? You want my lock of the night, Chris? What? Jets have a new head coach in three years. Guarantee it. Lock it in. They're gonna have a new head coach in about in about four days, probably. Well, they're gonna have a new head coach. Well, I'm saying I'm saying whoever they hire in four days, they're gonna have a new one again yeah. in three years. I guarantee it. Troy, I think three Stugatz's years is sources generous. were wrong because Gase is actually gonna get fired. I know he is. I, I, I we were wrong about say. that. Yeah. I know, but come on, he should have like been I fired by now. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I don't yeah. know what we're doing. But I'm my lock is that the the Jets are gonna have. Not only are they going to hire a new guy in like four days, but they're going to have another new one in like three years. And I don't Jason Garrett's going to be the middle guy, and then they're going to have someone else. No. Keep Jason Garrett Lock it away. In. Keep Lock Jason it Garrett in. Lock away it in like Lamar basketball. Keep Jason Garrett away from yeah. the NFL in general. No, no <laughs> one wants him. You've got two – you have two people in this, in this show who have had Jason Garrett and both – I've only had him for a year, and I already don't want him. But he seems like a good guy. I'll take. I'm him sure back. he's a good guy, but I'd not want him coordinating my offense in the NFL. Um, 